0: Well, hey there. We are live on this Wednesday to have ourselves one of those things that we call a, a conversation. Conversation. Yep, shall um, we? we are live, so drop a comment, and yeah. if it's good enough, we will address it. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not super high standards here. <laughs> so,
1: um, yeah. so tell them.
0: You want to tell them what we're here to talk
1: about today? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, we, mm, we felt like it was... Mm. Th- mm-hmm. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of that. A lot of that. <laughs> uh, we felt like to, it was necessary um, just to address some of the some of the comments on a recent Facebook post I had, and it's not about for me. Uh, it's not really about the post. It's it's not about even the content of that, even though that's what we're going to be covering. But it's some of the underlying issues that I think are really, man. They they are uh, absolutely what the church is dealing with today. And I'm not saying every church, but definitely churches that I've come from. Um, you know, we struggle with it. We struggle with, uh, empathy. We struggle with getting along. We struggle with unity and (laughs) verses that were quoted from first Corinthians on my post, um, which the main theme of, of Corinthians is unity. Like it just shows, uh, that we're still struggling with these things today.
0: Yeah, big time. But, uh, uh, so the post that we're talking about, it had a little, I think, over 100 comments, something like that, <laughs> which is just a lot about the the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, honestly, I don't even watch football, and I was like, what? Like, what even happened? Yeah. And so, But I did actually watch the halftime show prior to this broadcast, so I'm yeah. informed.
1: You went back and, and checked it out, you know.
0: Yeah, and so for me, personally... I I noticed a lot of, uh, there's just banter back and forth, and I just, the use and abuse of scripture and different, uh, or just Christianity as a whole to defend either one side of the position or the other, and to me, it's just, I had fun watching the whole thing, because it was, but, um, you know, I don't know, just frustrating, and so we kind of felt like we should come live here, because we normally, we pre-record these things every week, and they come out, and we talk about uh, current events, things that are happening, and his message specifically, generally um but um this week we just wanted to go live and see if we could get some of your feedback uh yeah i struggle with cody cooper not having a mac with not having a mac oh tyler it is a mac he's it's just covered one. up by my keltec sticker
1: yeah he's got um, so many we're running this so typically like you said they're yeah. pre-recorded so today we're literally live.
0: We had to figure out how to produce this from right here. Yeah. While we're doing
1: this. Yeah. So we, we put together that fun intro. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> we took a couple minutes and did some Canva stuff yeah, that's and it's my love yeah. for hip hop coming yeah. through. But I think too, um, you know, we'll put in the post um, you know, just the fact that we have a link to a podcast that we talk about that is primarily for our people. So yeah. I preach every Sunday typically. Um, yeah, every time we have church, he's preaching generally. <laughs> so from that, that sermon, we have a sermon companion that we have a conversation uh, about. Um, are you, dude, are you memeing or what? What's going on?
0: Uh, I was going <laughs> to, well, I was going to pull up some stuff, but I guess I no, should no, probably no, leave the window open here. Yeah.
1: But I, I think for for us, like we created this sermon companion for folks uh, that are listening to the message that need a little bit more. And so we'll drop in the comments. A link to that podcast that you can listen to every week um, I mean mostly yeah most generally every week. every week we've probably done like 40 of them so far yeah and oh. they're they're on Spotify or wherever you consume content yeah
0: but um, yeah but yeah that all the all that aside right now let's see 21 of you are watching and only awesome. three of you have liked it so far what a shame yeah um but if you're watching yeah so let's get down to business here so a oh, lot of y'all and somebody threw down right yeah now. I'm here <laughs> <laughs> listen I'm here well never mind I'm not gonna say that we're live. There's no editing, so I'm gonna really watch what I say. That's, that's very true. Um, but um, man, some of y'all got butt hurt, like straight up butt hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna guy, watch.
1: I'm gonna watch what I say. Y'all's butt hurt. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> y'all, look, listen. People got all butt hurt because somebody <sighs> decided that they, I unironically enjoyed the halftime show. Yeah. Which I thought it was subjectively pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> my key takeaway was like Snoop Dogg. He looked his part. Fifty Cent. Yeah, he's put on a few since he made his debut, but haven't we all, right? True. Um, And then there's Dr. Dre, who looked like he was trying to—he was going to go shoot a Citibank commercial uh, (laughs) after he left the (laughs) halftime show. He was dressed for it. Um, But all in all, I didn't really think it was like (laughs) I thought. (laughs) I do agree. I thought that Fifty Cents piece was probably uh, the most raunchy. Yeah. Um, But even so, like look at the song that he performed. Right. Like yeah <laughs> but there is way worse out there and beyond that like first of all we got to hear eminem say "Mom spaghetti in a halftime show yeah so that was cool he got to make his political debut
1: you know yeah. which to be expected at an nfl event
0: yeah even though i felt like overall it was better this year i thought honestly yeah. i normally and again i don't really watch and, football and
1: viewership showed that yeah i mean it was mm-hmm. up i think it was like 30 percent yeah. You know, overall, which is incredible. Yeah. It's good for the NFL. They've taken a hit the couple past couple years, <laughs> yeah. but um, they regained and, some ground.
0: Yeah, they did. But um yeah, let's look through some of these comments. Some well, of these uh, don't well, age super well. Let me let me talk about
1: <laughs> let me give some context. So, we'll give some huge g- context. Give some context to my background a little bit just to introduce you to why I would make that comment in the first place. Um And I I think that a lot of that is important, you know, just being able to get to know people, understand where they're coming from. That's something that's lost today. It's lost in social media. Yeah, it's we have so many keyboard warriors that are ready to respond uh, and that are so witty. But like if you were sitting across the table, would you would you comment like that? Would you uh, run the conversation like that? Absolutely not. My rule of thumb is if I wouldn't say it to your face, I'm not going to put it on Facebook. But there's a lot that I I was about to say (laughs) to your face, (laughs) (laughs) which doesn't limit much. Right. Yeah. Uh, But I just wanted to give a little context. So, uh, look, there are many of you and I'm going to some of this is just me putting down my thoughts on paper. So that's what I'm referencing. But there are many of you that totally get where I was coming from with my post. uh, And I thank you for that. Thank you for understanding. Most of you are millennials and you're probably my age. A little older. Uh, I don't know. If, uh, you know, there there were some that were a little younger that would get it. I'm not Kendrick Lamar. By the time he came on the scene, I was pretty much over it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even really know who he was. I mean, on I that note, was, I felt
0: like his portion of the show was the most underwhelming. Mm. Yeah. Probably some people really liked too. it. I mean, yeah.
1: Hey, to each their own. You yeah. know. But the post in general, I was being sarcastic um, in some of that and some of the tone. Especially the I forgive you part, right? If you didn't like it, it's a lot of sarcasm in there, uh, which is generally most and much of what I say is very sarcastic. This podcast, if you Mm -hmm. join us, uh, or if you go back and listen to episodes, we're very sarcastic. You could probably get easily offended by some of the things that we say. Yeah, uh, literally last week. And that's okay. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, but I like hip hop. I like rap. And I'm totally okay if you don't. Um, I'm totally okay with that. If it's not your genre, uh, if it if it, it if it's not something that you enjoy, I'm totally okay with that. My background, I was not allowed to listen to it growing up. In fact, this is a fun fact. Um, I literally got spanked. I went to a Christian school, <laughs> right? And in in my city and in my town where I grew up in, and of course, like. My background in general, I spent some years in Florida and then moved in junior high, which is an odd time to move. So, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really fit in. Um but one thing I noticed about the south is uh it's not just country music and if you're from the south, you know that. There are there are huge undertones of dirty south music and rap and hip hop that go deep. Uh and man, I had a an, an 85 Ford F150 uh, that was my first vehicle, and I was just like every other kid running up and down the strip on Friday night, bumping their 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 rap music and hip hop. So uh, I literally got spanked as a kid in in Christian school. I got a paddling for passing out hip hop CDs that I burned. <laughs> so you know, which it, CDs were you burning? Well, it was like my my compilations. You know what I mean? Like best from <laughs> check you know, my mixtape you know. real quick. Check <laughs> exactly. my mixtape. Exactly. So. Uh anyway, I, I understand it's an echo from from my past. Um, but anyway, uh I, I wasn't allowed uh to listen to it, but I listened to it anyway. And it was a rough time in my life, rough time in my family's life. Uh and it was just it's a part of who I am. It's a part of my past. And uh there are many of you that understand that. That Somebody underst- thought
0: that was funny. Oh, did that yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh god. Andrew, yeah. So anyway, my my point is, is uh, it might not be a part of your past, and that's okay. It might not have been a part of your culture, and that's okay. But it was absolutely a part of mine. Those songs were songs that uh, I could sing every word to, and you know, th- and many others. And and if you've known me for a long time, you know that I've always enjoyed hip hop. Michael Crawford, literally, uh, you know the uh the director of missions, who is uh, I think half black, uh preached a sermon from my pulpit two weeks ago and You're said, like, it, I think
0: that guy's half black. That counts. Yeah. Well, he was just like,
1: he's like, look, as a black man, Robinson, he he ain't all white. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just a general thing that most people who know me on that level understand that, that I enjoy hip hop. So anyway, yeah. uh, moving into, that's my background. Moving into my present, um, my wife and I are careful uh, with our children mostly. You know, I'm an adult. Uh, I can handle a lot of things. I can watch a lot of things. There's a reason why there are guidelines on music and movies, right? Uh, because children aren't, uh, they're not able to receive some of those things. They're not mature yet. And when you talk about and you contextualize things and make it right and wrong, Um, there are a lot of things that are right for a married couple, right, that are right in that context. And they're not a wrong thing, but they're wrong for children. So, there's a lot of things that we are, we mainly exclude from our lives when we're with our children because we're protecting them. Uh, So, my wife and I are careful with our children mostly. We listen to all types of music. Uh, We educate our children, period. So, we are the main educators of our children, and that should be the case for every parent. Uh, this is this is my wife and I's philosophy. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's period, right? In, in the end of that. Uh, we don't hide the past. We talk about the past. And mm-hmm. this is important, right? Because not only is this in regards to the post, right? Many of you were talking about moving on from a period of your lives. Well, that period of your life could help define certain things uh, and certain roadblocks that your children are going to run into because I believe in generational sin. So anyway, Uh, We don't hide from our past. We talk about it. And this includes mine and our culture. My wife comes from a totally different cultural background. She's Hispanic than I do. Uh, And and that's like a a totally different uh, aspect of of how we incorporate certain things in our home. And and music is absolutely a part of that. Um, And this starts to get into some very cultural. Very. Yeah, absolutely. And I think
0: I think one of the mistakes that we make is we, you know, we, and especially to me, and please don't take offense to this, but if you do take offense to it, that's okay, because um, <laughs> it must have been meant for you. Um, but as, a, as Americans, I feel like we have, like, this idea of what good culture looks like and what, what, a, what it looks like for a government to run well. And if you're yeah. not doing it that way, you're not as good as us. Um, and in a lot of cases, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, but we take sorry, cultural I'm mores sorry. and we take things <laughs> no it's okay it's distracted uh, no um <laughs> we take cultural mores and things that are, are unique to us unique to our time and then we slap labels on them like well rap and hip hop that's no good those people are trashy but i'll listen to you know rock and roll or, or country music or or whatever yeah. and because culturally to us that makes sense that one is bad and the other is not and right. when we slap moral labels on things that are purely cultural that's a mistake yeah. Because culture is not immoral or moral; it's amoral, right? It's just where we come from. It's we think about uh, the culture that produced Scripture, right? We read the Old Testament, and to be, you know, to be a Torah abiding Christian, right, is not to do the laws in the Torah. It is to be in Jesus. That is what it means to be Torah abiding. We don't impose and impart what what was a rule in their culture right. and what was, what was a cultural standard for them onto modern Western culture. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. You're it not doesn't. a sinner if you don't have a parapet wall on your roof. <laughs> like I have an A-frame roof that doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't it work, doesn't work yeah. at all. I mean, I guess it could,
1: but you know, yeah. not really. Well, we talked about it though in, in scripture, in the old, in the old covenant, there were really bad things that happened, right? Yeah. But those people are celebrated mm-hmm. and we talk about the good parts of their life. Right. And we ignore the bad parts of their life. exactly, well,
0: Because we're accustomed to. Like Western Christianity, we the past is gone; it's erased. We don't have to talk about that no more. Right. But that's not the case. It's still there. Yeah. And you know, go back on our YouTube channel and listen to uh, Michael Crawford's message a couple weeks ago. It really, the goes. past does not need to be eliminated. It no. needs to be redeemed and dealt with because it's a part of who you are. Right. We and, don't have, and that segues right into the hip hop thing. That's a part of your life. That's right. You it's can't just pretend you don't know
1: all of those songs word for word. Right. <laughs> and I, I, th- I think part of it too. It's like when you talk about. The Old Testament and the children of Israel and, and topical pastors, topical preachers that do this, uh, they do it to a fault where they pick out those passages that they can easily apply to culture, and then they ignore the fact that David was a murderer. David yeah. was an adulterer. Well, this is how the book of Psalms structures music, right? Well, that guy is a murderer. That guy is an adulterer. That guy mm-hmm. made some really bad mistakes. Right. So we're, what we're not doing in scripture is elevating a people group and saying, these people had, it, had right. it all together. That's, that's the exact opposite of what it is. Right. And it's about the fact that even though they had Yahweh, the supreme being, they still couldn't get it right. Yeah. They still screwed up. They had the geographical location. They had the marketing edge on <laughs> what the gospel was supposed to be, and they failed, right? Because we fail. Mankind mm-hmm. fails. We need a redeemer. We need someone to uh, do for us what we could not do ourselves. And so anyway, to, to cherry pick those things out of scripture about their music or our music or to trash uh, what is predominantly an African-American uh, version or genre of music because you don't like them <laughs> or you don't like their culture or the way that they operate. It's stupid. You and know? it's
0: Honestly, it's kind of racist. It is racist. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, just to get back on the present here, uh, I don't bend to cu- cultural norms, and I think that this is important to just kind of steer some normal. of these things. I'm not. <laughs> uh, I've got way too much caffeine racing through my veins right now, just as a disclaimer. But I do not bend to cultural norms. I decidedly choose to influence them with the gospel. Uh, and, and if this is not you, and if these things don't define your position, I would ask you today... Especially after reading some of those comments, you should mm-hmm. probably check your heart. You should probably Oof, go. You should probably it. go repent your heart yeah. and pray. <laughs> you should probably go take a long walk off a short pier, friend. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. kidding. That was a comment on my <laughs> on my post. But I don't bend to those things. And here's what I, here's here's kind of where it, what it boils down to for me. If I'm not going to bend to cultural norms, but I'm going to be in the culture influencing them with the gospel, this takes a level of honesty, right? Uh, why does it take a level of honesty? Because you have to ask what is what is culturally normal for me? What is normal for me that is not normal for someone else? And you have to be honest. It's not about you and you, you producing a duplicate or a mirror, right? You have to separate what is the gospel doing in my life? And what did my upbringing do in my life? Mm -hmm. That's an important distinction that takes a level of honesty. What is the cultural norm? Watch this of those that I'm called to minister to and love. What if the Lord is calling me to inner city ministry? Would it look different than Bethlehem down here in the BQ? Oh, for sure. Probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So so that's something that takes honesty. What else does this take? Being uh, a part of your culture and letting the gospel work through you, it takes a level of transparency. What does that mean? Number one, uh, (laughs) or the people you are trying to reach. Listen, if you're not transparent, the people that you're trying to reach will smell a fake. Mm. And and I think that this is like something that the church as a whole— really shoots themselves in the foot. Um, pastors are just fake. Ministry workers, you know, servants of the Lord become self-serving. And, and when you're not transparent about what is your cultural construct versus what is the gospel in your life, people will smell that out. Um, and, and here's what else happens. Your church ends up looking just like you. Is, is your church, your congregants, if you look out over it on a Sunday morning, is it a bunch of you? Or is it a a whole bunch of different type of people from a whole – and we've worked hard at this. Yeah, for sure. And I think – and like where we come from,
0: you know, a very legalistic culture where the idea behind an institution or a church is to reproduce people that look like and act like a certain individual because that's what good looks like. Like it's very dangerous. It is. And where I've landed is I tried for a long time not to like country music, not to like punk music. And guess what? This morning I was jamming out to good Charlotte on my way to the church. Yeah. Like that's what I do because that's. I'll accept your resignation right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. This is my last (laughs) podcast. Um, But, you know, but I don't like. It does not matter. It doesn't. And I don't pretend to be somebody who I'm not. Those of you who know me. Know that I am unapologetically, unapologetically myself, as unattractive as that may be sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the re- I'm the same me at the church, whether I'm here yeah. with you in the evening on a, on a Wednesday or on a Sunday. It's the same me that's at home. My wife gets annoyed at me just the same as you would get annoyed at me here mm. because
1: I'm the same person. And if it wasn't for a period of time in my life where I was faced with I don't have a rule book to force me into a certain mold, then I would have never changed. I would have been in that construct, in that culture for the rest of my life. Yeah. But thank the Lord that I was shaken from that mm-hmm. to the point where I could say, does this need to be a rule for an employee of mine or is this absolutely not necessary? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if we don't have transparency, right, then we will just uh, – people will smell a fake. And and here's the the other thing. You will tend towards people most like yourself. You will tend towards people that think like you, act like you. Uh, and we're called to reach other people that are not just like us. Um, and so we, we've really got to take a long, hard look. If if a post about the Super Bowl halftime show helps reveal the fact that you only have friends that are just like you, that you only have people over for dinner that think the way you think politically, then yeah. this whole thing was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of how how I see it. Yeah. And I think that it's just it really. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll let you go ahead and keep. That's it. There. That's my present where I am. And I think that a little bit of context, I, so I did put this in here. Um, scripturally, many will say, and I understand that a lot of these things are debatable. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, this is wrong and, 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 have at it. You can post away on this. I don't have time to sit here and respond to everything. That's why we're doing this yeah. forum. Um, you know, I run a business, run a church. Like there's a lot of things that I have going in my life. Not to mention I have four children <laughs> Uh, which is a so, couple jobs in and of itself. Yeah, and a puppy um, that I love dearly. But anyway, <laughs> um, who's upstairs sleeping right now. But I, I think that um, to give a little scriptural context, and then right after that, we're going to dive into the comments. So, Jeez. yeah, it's going to be good. So here's my scriptural basis for this. For some of you that are on the fence, some of you that are like, he's such a, he's an apostate. He is gone off. He's in left field. He, the Lord, he's not saved anymore. I'm going to pray for him. For those of you that have that perspective, here's the thing. I love you. Um, I care for you and I, and even in my comments of responding, what I did respond to that I had a chance to, uh, I mean, what I said, uh, I believe that it's one of Bethlehem's values to lead with love. Mm -hmm. Um, and I firmly believe that. And I believe that you can disagree with me, uh, and that you can vehemently think that I'm apostate, uh, and I can still love you and still pray for you and help you if you are in need. So, but here's my scriptural basis for these things. The Jerusalem Council, Acts chapter 15, there were cultural elements to the message that were not applicable to the Gentiles. Bottom line, right? Uh, The thought was that they were going to leave the meeting with minimum. If you look at the end result of the Jerusalem Council, they were leaving with minimum cultural requirements going towards the Gentiles in order for a maximum reach of the gospel. Yeah. And that was mainly Paul that was pushing this. They were like, all right, just, just tell them not to sleep with each other. Yeah. would land on that. <laughs> Don't eat your steak, medium right. rare. And, you know, it's weird <laughs> stuff. But the point is, is they mitigated with lowering the cultural expectations because it wasn't their culture. So anyway, 1 Corinthians 9, 22 through 23, Paul says this, to the weak became I weak. And I have a whole series devoted to 1 Corinthians. And conversations. Yeah, you can go back and and read whole messages around these things that I've preached, not just cherry-picking one verse. So anyway, but to say that, the weak I became weak in order to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that I might be every possible means save some. Now I do all of this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessings. Paul had double standards. Some of you, this is going to blow your mind. Paul had double standards in his leadership, he said, Timothy, uh, you might need to get circumcised, and, and you have uh, some Jewish roots, uh, and, and, and Titus, you don't. we get a funny comment? Yeah, Mark comment and looks for a camp meeting tent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, but he says, Titus, you might want to get circumcised. Uh, I'm sorry, Timothy, you might want to. Titus, it's, it's not good for you to get circumcised. He had double standards. Why? Because of who their audience was. They actually had cultural implications to how they were ministering in the first 30 years of the church. Yeah. Shock. Shocker. Shocker. Shocker of all shockers that Paul came from a strictly religious Pharisee of the Pharisee, Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, blameless. Uh, And he shifted on those things. Yeah. Completely. Uh, So anyway... Uh, when we decide to influence a culture with the gospel, the gospel does – don't miss this – the gospel does the redeeming work, not my opinions and preferences, or worse, my cultural norms being accepted by others that I am trying to influence. My goal in reaching people is not that they act like me and act like my culture. It's that they act like Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus was okay with engaging people that were not like him. Okay. Paul embraced Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay, Paul. Em- <laughs> uh, there he is. <laughs> no, I was going the other way. Paul, <laughs> maybe we'll do some of that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul embraced a new future of what many would perceive to be compromise for the sake of the gospel. Don't miss that. I have found that it is better to draw the line where scripture uh, does and not where my cultural constructs do. Hip hop is a culture, it has produced people doing that genre of music that are openly Christian. And are you going to tell them that they're not Christians? Yeah. Are you going to tell the Lord that that's not fruit of his, that he did not uh, actively pursue them and is uh, justifying them by grace through faith and then justifying them and in, and in their sanctification process right now? Are we going to say that to all of them? I don't think so. No, for <laughs> if, sure. you, if you do, that's not fair. I agree. It's absolutely not fair.
0: And Lecrae, I feel like, is a prime example of what it looks like to, and he's gotten a lot of crap for leaving the whole reformed evangelical movement um, that he was a part of when he first kind of came up. But, um, you know, he hates being called a Christian hip hop artist because it makes it seem like, well, I'm not a hip hop guy. I'm just a Christian hip hop guy. It's like its own thing. And he's like, no, I'm a Christian who does hip hop. Like I'm influencing hip hop culture because I'm a Christian who does hip hop. And then, you know, all the boomers are on his Facebook post, like, how dare you perform at a a venue for somebody who's in favor of abortion? And it's like, you misunderstood the mission. You don't get it completely. Yeah, it's it's a miss. But yet we will judge him and say that he's not saved. He doesn't love Jesus anymore because he's doing events for
1: people and with people that you don't agree with. Yeah. And we're going to touch on that a little bit here by answering one of the comments about the political piece. So stay tuned on that. Um, but anyway, that's kind of my take of where I am, um, on hip hop, where I am in this position of influencing the culture. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into somebody else's house and we don't do this. We don't go, uh, and and maybe sometimes they do go into the mission field and try to change the culture, which is dumb, but (laughs) really dumb. What we found, I'm going to go to Northeast Africa and I'm going to wear a uh, a suit to church every Sunday. Right. God bless. Well, and I think some guys have done it, and you know they're really effective not because of what they're wearing, but because they were homegrown missionaries. Yeah, they grew that, up there. Well, there's that, and I feel like, and
0: this is, you know, Paul said whether uh, in pretense or in truth Christ is preached. True, and so the gospel is going to work regardless of how big a knucklehead somebody else might be. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's and we're I'm knuckleheads okay. too. Exactly. <laughs> so it's okay.
1: Yeah, and people that have these opposite opinions of mine. God bless you. Good for you. I'm, this is not an effort to criticize you. And I hope that you know that this is not an effort. I actually reached out to a fellow earlier and I didn't hear back. So I'm going to leave it off of this podcast. I was only going to do it if he responded. But um, my goal is to not call people out that are, that are Christian brothers. You know, they're Christian brothers, regardless. My, my effort in this today is that maybe some of you that are Christian brothers that call people out would chill. Would stop, would see that it's not producing unity, it's actually doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyway, um, I think that the mission thing, just for, you know, I think it's applicable in, in saying that most missionaries we have found the success rate is higher when you win a a national and let them go reach their people. Right. Because they know their culture, they know their culture.
0: Right. So anyway, yeah, I'm from Bully's quarters. I wasn't made for inner city ministry. Yeah.
1: You're made for right here. I'm
0: made for right here. And that's where I'm comfortable to stay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, that's kind of my background where I'm coming from just to give a little context, you know, that goes beyond 169 characters. And I understand it wasn't a Twitter post, but you get my point. Um, so diving into these comments, I, I picked what I felt like Boy. on this post were the comments that were driving the intensity. I'm not addressing every comment; I don't have time for that. But I picked and and pulled out some of them that I feel like either made a good point or were just trying to do something uh, that maybe wasn't working. So, yeah. um, if I don't address your comment, you can post below and maybe I'll do it in another post. But this is kind of what I what I hey, let's, picked. Through. Let's
0: hit this really quick. What do you got? So we got a couple things here that came through. So Kaylee said, "So I'm hearing. Am I hearing?" Check your heart T-shirts on the website. Yes. Yes. We'll Maybe. Do Maybe we'll do it. We'll do it. And then uh, <laughs> let's see. Brittany Hansen asked if we could put the sunglasses picture on a T-shirt asking for a friend. That's hilarious. Um, I Look, I personally would buy one. So we actually do have a merch store on our website. If you don't know that, nobody buys merch. Uh, right. Nobody buys it. It's there. <laughs> um, but if you go to Bethlehemchurch.cc slash drip. Because we have the drip. Um, it's all there. We have a cool, I actually still haven't bought one yet. Full send. Full send the gospel. Yeah. Yep. And like NASCAR font. Um, but yeah. anyway, Sue me. yeah, it's, it's uh, culturally dumb to some, but it makes sense for, for some of us. Yeah, man. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to throw those out there and maybe we'll have some, uh, maybe we'll do some funny stuff. Cool. the merch store there. So I don't know, but keep going. Yeah. So Jumping brief ad in. break, <laughs> brief, j- brief ad.
1: Next word from policy genius here on the <laughs> Ben Shapiro show. <laughs> My daughter, when you know you're conservative, is when your daughter starts like commenting on Russia and China. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I got these little conservatives. Uh, So jumping into the comments, the first one that I wanted to address. And once again, I'm addressing these uh, pretty much head on and it kind of is what it is. Um, You know, if you came over and jumped on my public profile and jumped into my comments and it's a public thing. Uh, you know, take this however you want to take it. Um, but some of these, you know, it, it is chase boring. it with something. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's a little rough, but anyway. So the first comment I'm going to address it says Barry Seacrest, um, who is also a pastor. No relation to Ryan Seacrest, by the way. From what from what I understand, You <laughs> don't I could be
0: wrong. Yeah. We don't know. Ryan, you used to be
1: handsome, not yeah. so much anymore. That's anyway, funny. continue. So the comment is, so you thought the indecency was good? Question mark. So my post being that I enjoyed the halftime show, his comment was, so you thought the indecency was good. And I think overall, just my point with this comment is that I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair to, uh, you know, and I understand where you're coming from, but I think that there's a broader issue at work here. And and this is something that Christians probably should stop doing. Yeah. In, in well, it's because you've been
0: verbally backed into a corner like, oh, so you like the indecency. And you'd say, yeah, which makes you, you know, whatever he thinks yeah. you to be, or you say, well, no. And it's like, oh, well, then
1: you really didn't like it then while you being, you know,
0: it's like a, it's just a weird position yeah. to be put in. And it's here's fair. Here's
1: my point. And in, in I think there's a better way of going about it is you're taking the extreme of this conversation, right? The extreme part for any other believer that's out there, a Christian is the fact that there were women that weren't dressed properly. And that's the, 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 The end issue is that they were twerking on a stage, right? So you take the most extreme part. So you were okay with the indecency. When I said I enjoyed the halftime show, you pick the thing that is the most divisive, the furthest apart, uh, the, the biggest riff that you could create, and that's where you start the conversation. And I would say that we just, that's not a healthy way to do relationships. When I want to influence someone or do relationships with them, I would start with what we have in common, I would start with, uh, you know, something that would unify us and bring us together and then go from there to start the discussion. But when you say, so you were okay with uh, the indecency, number one, that's making an assumption, right? An assumption that's not true. And I put in the comments that we fast forwarded a section because my kids were in the room. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is I can be okay and like a a halftime show for all of the things and the reasons that I liked it without being okay with some of the other elements. I understand some of you watching this, may be like, dude, why'd you fast forward it? You know, don't be so strict. We all draw the line in different places, but that was my living room with my family. Right. Right. And that was what my wife and I and, and reference back to the beginning of how we raise our kids and we instruct our kids, not the media, not whatever. Right. So my point is, is that's where we chose to draw the line, but in a discussion in a public forum, I don't think it's healthy to start at the furthest end of the place of disagreement and then just say, okay, well, I guess you're okay with that. And here's why I think that, because uh, I think that that is a form of virtue signaling, right? I conclude that if it starts with the biggest gap in differences, you're not seeking to foster discussion, but rather virtue signaling to provide yourself a broader platform of what what the differences are.
0: You swapped out your blinkers for virtue signals. (laughs)
1: Anyway, so I think that overall, we have to do a better job at understanding if we are Christian brothers uh, and sisters, like unity is what's important, right? And so there's clearly a difference between how we see and perceive these issues. And so let's start with something that's a little closer rather than if you pick the furthest part, no one's going to actually believe that you want to have a discussion. Yeah. It's literally saying, I didn't watch it. And I would venture to say that there was no desire for an actual discussion. No. Anyway, it's pretty obvious. It's something that's going to easily segue into a sermon illustration, into a pulpit, that gives him a broader platform. I took Mm -hmm. a stand. Yeah. We've got to stop doing that.
0: (laughs) I took a stand for what's right. (laughs) We'll try to be easy with the patronizing. But (laughs) (laughs) that to me is like, there is something
1: bigger at work here and are you virtue signaling your platform or are we actually wanting to discuss something do you want to talk about and have a conversation with me offline about how i'm trying to influence the culture and in, in my community right or are you saying so you're okay with that sin that to me is not a way to have any type of conversation and we wouldn't do that uh, we wouldn't start there is my point we wouldn't yeah, we wouldn't it's start not a good there. starting point all right so that's oh, that comment yeah so anything about that god you bless, bless do less sure. check your heart Huh?
0: Anything about that you wanted to share? No, I just I think you're right. I think it's a virtue signal, and I don't think that there was any sort of substantive conversation desired in that. Yeah. Which that's what social media is for some. We drop a bomb and we just leave, yeah. and that's what it is. You yeah. know, were there any responses to that one? Uh, I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Any good ones? So Tina? Not really. Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> so Tina, and I'm not. I I know some folks know her on the post. I don't. I know she. I think attends another local church. I, I'm trying to remember who she was, but I can't really uh, draw the connection. But Tina, someone was was commenting uh, and saying a lot of things on that post. Uh, and I'll say this in regards to your comment about me needing to repent and pray uh, and really consider those things. Here's my response to that. I sit with the Lord every day. I repent and confess things every day. And the Lord is always gracious uh, to forgive me. And, yeah. and that's the type of relationship that I have with the Lord. Uh, I make a ton of mistakes. Uh, and so, Tina, to in an answer to your comment about me needing to do that, I agree with you. I need to do that every day. Uh, and I practice that. And I'm so thankful that I have an intercessor. I'm so thankful I have the Holy Ghost, which I'm assuming you do as well. And uh, so I agree with that comment. Uh, as far as the rest of your sentiment in terms of you avoiding all of your past and all of that music of how you used to be, I would just encourage you to find a new life in Christ. That doesn't include fear, shame, or guilt, right? The enemy, it's very clear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I believe that you can reach a place in your life with Christ uh, that has new perspective on a lot of things that the enemy was trying to pervert. So instead of excluding, find things that you can include in your life to bring more meaning to your life rather than living in fear and shame and in guilt, because there's definitely some undertones of that in your comments.
0: Oh boy. So I'm gonna put this on here. So according to Nikki, my cousin Billy is watching this broadcast. Oh that's don't neat. know if that's true or not. <laughs> can't fact check you, Nikki. Don't have a way to do that. But hi Bill. Good to see you, dude. Peace. Oh, there he is. He's in the comments. Oh man.
1: Who knows uh, what, who knows yeah. what's gonna happen. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. We love you, Billy. Shout
0: out to him for getting me some sweet O'Neal riding gear. Yeah. The sticker do. on my laptop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it's it on pretty, your laptop. Yeah, it's on my laptop? That's, oh, I see it. That's funny.
1: Um where were we We're talking well, about just, uh, i'm encouraging her to find a new a new perspective but yeah that's okay. if
0: yeah and i just think you know there's <laughs> just uh, there's a lot to be yep. said there all right next comment <laughs> <laughs> a lot to be said about <laughs> that um i just and the stigma that's like i grew away from that i don't like that anymore I'm like well that doesn't happen with everybody no you know it, no, doesn't. it doesn't
1: yeah there are i was mind blown when i first came to the sbc and i'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here but when i first like Uh, was around other pastors that weren't independent Baptist and they were going to concerts and they (laughs) weren't and they weren't Christian concerts. Yeah. I was like, how do they do that? How do they reconcile that? You know, and I'm like these brothers and sisters are getting up and preaching the word of God faithfully on Sunday. How do they do that? How do they reconcile it? And the longer that you walk together and the longer that you hear them talk and you're just like, wow, this makes total sense, you know, but it's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that I can do in a podcast. It's not something that I can convince you of. You just have to seek the Lord. And my, my start for you in that is fear, shame, and guilt. Uh, If you're operating from fear, shame, or guilt, then chances are, chances are. Uh, you are living in legalism. Mm-hmm. You are living under a yoke of bondage that is dictating your steps rather than freedom in Christ. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's kind of. There's a lot more to unpack. And once again, I know that there's areas to agree and, and just agree to disagree. But um, that's just my hot take on your comment. Hot take. Next comment. Felt cute. My delete later. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from Andrew, and <laughs> I, I Andrew, saw him. Think, uh, yeah,
0: I think he's on the stream. I think here. he's on the stream. Let
1: me see, it's been a while since he's commented. Yeah, so this one comes from Andrew Gull, Uh And and I'm uh, not, yeah. not going to like respond to all of it. I'm just going to kind of like, and this is where I, I kind of maybe have to read this a little bit. Just to summarize, uh, there was an exchange between Andrew and Esther and a guy named Carl, who I think is my dad's friend. My dad did martial arts with this guy, Carl, I think. Uh, but my dad's not on Facebook anymore, and I didn't talk to him before this this post. But I think that this guy, Carl, um was, was um, you know, obviously friends with my dad, so he's a boomer. But anyway, uh, the point- <laughs> He's and, and, a boomer. And I think he got called a boomer in the thread. So <laughs> my, my point is, is race definitely came out. And it came out from a perspective of some, and I believe he's um, Asian, talking about uh, why were they all black? And, and then- really? And who was that comment? Which one? Carl towards Andrew. Yeah. Um, but then Andrew made a comment just in general about, um, the show of that culture and how they are marginalized by the church. And, um, you know, it, 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 definitely put this in perspective and in light of race. So I wanted to respond to that. So this is my hot take, right? And, and this is my perspective and it won't be everybody's perspective, but I think that politicians have gobbled up this to a default. I think that they've polarized, right, right and left media have polarized us with this thing of race. And, you know, this thing of identity politics and I am not for injustice and racism is real and we should actively be fighting against it. But that's not to say that there aren't certain people that are weaponizing it. Yeah. And if you don't see that, then you got blinders on. Right. Mm -hmm. They race and the issue of race is being weaponized. Um, so anyway, but I, I I don't mean to to just literally say that and not talk about how it is an issue and leave it alone uh, and act like it doesn't exist. That's not what Paul does. Paul takes that issue head on in the scriptures, and when we reach those places in the scripture, which we have many a time in the pulpit, I address it, and we talk about it and and we're we're open. so uh, we want to. Avoid these issues because we don't want to be aligned with parties, and I'm speaking specifically to right-wing people. Uh, We avoid these issues of race uh, because we don't want to be aligned with parties that have different views on abortion. I think personally that's what it boils down to, Yeah, ultimately. And I understand that there's capitalism and socialism and other constructs that feed into that, but the main one I would say for evangelicals is abortion is so, abortion yeah in turn they ended up deifying a man that owns some of the seediest places in the nation and i think we all knew who that is it's trump uh strip clubs and and casinos and and we ended up deifying this fellow and acting like he's some kind of christian i get it that anybody can go all the through, boomers he's god's man oh my gosh the memes <laughs> were ridiculous <laughs> so That is that's a mistake. Right. But we align with people because they align with our values and then we we perpetuate that line. We have to be careful. If not, we're evangelicals that uh, we allow the left right to attach on to race and create divide. We allow the right to attach on to abortion and create further divide. When what what the message of the new covenant is, is that what was one tribe and tongue, Israel, is now for every nation. All the nations were disinherited in the Old Covenant, and one nation was the, rec- the, uh, the receiver of Yahweh, right, so to speak. They were the vehicle that brought him to what is now all the nations being redeemed. Um, and so the message of the New Covenant is this is for every tribe, every tongue. The name of Jesus is for everyone. Um, so there is no place for racism in the gospel. There's none. Um, no. And that does doesn't change the it
0: does. And it doesn't change the fact. I highlighted here one of the things that Andrew had said in his comment. Uh, the lyrics of the lyrics of most of that music celebrated a community in the United States that has largely been left behind by the modern white evangelical movement, or worse, exploited. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. A them. ton of truth to that. Unfortunately. And that's, you know, if you're watching this and you're a, an look evangelical... Look at their conferences. Look right. at their,
1: their speakers.
0: Yeah, there's not, you know, find a... <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Um, yeah. yeah, no need to dive in too much. Yeah, to that, we don't have to dive in too much, but it's very clear, it's very present. And so I we can't speak for everybody, but for us, like this is something that we're actively yeah. not wanting to be. We don't yeah. want to be that and cuz we do believe that the gospel is for every human regardless of their creed, color or right. or cultural background and you know it shows in our leadership and yeah. it shows in our you know it's showing in our in our congregation um, mm-hmm. but that's it is a sad reality and i think on the music note too with hip hop like really music is cultural we already talked about that and music is i feel like most of the time and you can correct me if you disagree but i feel like it's usually an expression of one's life experience 100%. generally or, th- or their worldview and their look on the world <laughs> and they're expressing it through song. And we're like, that's terrible. We're like, well, you know,
1: yeah. it's like saying that murdering and killing is so wrong. But then look at David in, in like the Psalms. Right. Is it a part of the world? Yeah. Yeah. It's war is not good, but right. it's been but it's in, there. Yeah. It's been in that art form over and over yeah and
0: i'm not a hip-hop guy but i you know watching the i'm familiar enough to you know i was able to appreciate the the halftime show i thought it was pretty good
1: Mm -hmm. you know overall
0: you know i thought despite 50 cents controversy controversy uh controversy you know, I was like, dang, that dude opened up hanging upside down. How long was he in that ceiling for dude, prior not to know. that take? You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like was he just in there? <laughs> these are the things that I think about when I watch these things. But I just, you know, but music is an is an expression of your yeah. your cultural background in a way that, you know, your culture produces for and, sure. And I just we can't
1: we can't knock a specific genre because we don't like it. Yeah. And and so when it when it comes to a certain race portraying that, which I think was really what was happening, right? uh, we have to know that racism exists and it's detestable in every form. And for people to act like it doesn't exist, like we all know people who are racist yeah, and we all like, you're either going to align and put up with their comments or you're going to call them out on it and you're going to let them know that that's not acceptable. Right. So uh, for people to act like it doesn't exist and I'm not saying that I believe in this, the system is systematically racist. Right. I think that there are a lot of, Victimizations and things that happen within within the black community specifically now, I would say to not to criticize no, that no, 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 go ahead
0: but if the if there are people that are racist and then there's a system and people involved in that that are racist, then obviously there's going to be some form of slant there right you could say yeah right because i I would also agree that there's not i don't think that the system and, and there are I'm sure there are some don't get me wrong um I don't know everything either, so give me some grace. Um, but I would say that you know, crap. Where was I going with that? I don't know. Um. Anyway, but there (laughs) there's a slant that doesn't mean that this. I'm like, I have no idea what the whole system
1: is, and we've made huge steps. We've made a ton of progress.
0: But I, when I look at even my own family, like literally, like everybody behind me is like racist. It's just there. You just said it. What (laughs) you're like? My family's racist. They are. And and if you're watching, well, I'm not. Not everybody in my family, but like just. You know, it it's just it's part of it's part of my heritage. Unfortunately, yeah. And I'm I'm not, you know, and that's that's okay. At mom, if you're watching, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Please don't think that. Um, Billy's watching. I'm not talking about you either. Yeah. Um, but I think what you're saying is
1: even, but it's a part of the world. Yeah. Even in our close relationships, we know it exists with us. Yeah. And if that's the case, then it exists with you and in some of your relationships. Yeah. And I remember like, this is, this is my, this is a story. No, no joke. We, uh, this was back when I worked for another church and I was like, uh, I was a youth pastor. So it wouldn't be too hard for you to figure out what church that would be. Uh, <laughs> we, we had a guest pastor that was there preaching using racial slurs in the office, literally in the office of the, uh, of the M.O.G. of the man of God, right. Using racial slurs. And I'm, I'm literally looking at him, looking at the other pastor and he's laughing about it. So I say to the, I say to the fellow who's visiting, I'm like, that's not okay. What are you doing? And they're laughing at me. But like for years, this has been my perspective. I have always been for the black community. I've always been for, Uh, equality. And so uh, even in my own experiences in church work, there have been people that I've come across that that have been racist and racist towards uh, others, not just the black community. And it is important for us to stand up at every level and confront that. And so I think Andrew is not wrong in the sentiment that some people are coming out against the halftime show just because they don't like the specific culture. And so I would say, like, once again, check your heart you know
0: yeah for sure yeah.
1: and andrew look
0: i'm going to be candid and he had to run to a meeting he said uh it looks like he's, he thanked us for your transparency and honesty and openness though oh, which cool. is good andrew here's my honest criticism for you you ready for it look don't take this the wrong way but huge missed opportunity at the end of your comment you said just my two cents you should have said just my 50 cents oh. because of because of the material that it would have been good huge been good. miss for some comedic relief bro mm-hmm. I'm
1: disappointed I would have done it different, but I love you anyway. (laughs) I just wanted to say that. Yeah. So last week I literally attended a cultural symposium. I didn't even know what that was. I
0: I don't know what a symposium is.
1: It's a really big word. But my point is, is at our church, we're working hard to be all things to all men. We're working hard to bridge those gaps that are cultural, to allow uh, all of those barriers or as many as we can to be broken down so that the gospel message can go out.
0: And I Um, and and to to add to that too, I feel like people underestimate how difficult. And we have, you know, this is an ongoing conversation with our uh, (laughs) my cousin. Uh, Good stuff, fellas. I have to get back to my corporate America obligations, but thanks for the shout out. (laughs) Anytime, yeah, anytime. We'll throw it up there one more time. Nice profile picture, by the way. (laughs) Um, love it. But um, you know, but. Building a church culture that is intentionally multicultural Mm. is very difficult. It is. Like, it's very difficult to bridge those gaps when you consider all that is encompassed in that. Yeah, And it's very easy to look at a church and say, oh, well, that's all white people. They must be racist. Yep. But it's actually like bringing two different cultures together. Like, people live and do life very different ways. And to bring everybody under the same umbrella doing the same mission, like, it's still... Very difficult to do, but we're yeah. trying to do that. But so, right. so if you're if you're here and you're like, gosh, my whole church is white. Does that mean they're all racist, or the other way around? Right? It, you know, yeah. And and no, it's just it's very. We live in a very melting pot area, right. and other parts of the world, like there are not people of a different race for hundreds of miles. Yeah, you know, that's just the way that it is. But it's not that way here, and so to to accomplish that, it's very difficult, it but is. it's it's worth doing because that's our area. Yeah, our church should reflect the
1: demographic of our area. Well, we're going back to an earlier part of this conversation where, you know, I, I kind of stated the fact that in your own friend group, you have to look and see, but but we tend towards people that are just like us. True. So in, innately, if you don't do anything to actively uh, pursue something else, right, then that's what's going to happen. It is going to be a church just like uh, with a bunch of yous. Um, and that's a term that is used around here. Use yous. <laughs> yous. Yous, guys. Uh, so it's something that has to be pursued. It's something that has to be intentional. So it doesn't mean you're racist, uh, and I, I, I'm i not for people saying— <laughs> But every- you're racist. <laughs> well, and I'm not for everyone saying, you know, oh, that's ra- everything's racist. Like, that's not the point either. There is a balance here. And once again, what we stated with po- politics playing in and media, it's polarizing. We need to fight that polarizing effect of media and, and that narrative and, and let the gospel bring us into a center. Let the gospel bring us into a place where we can have a conversation about it. And we can realize um, that unless we're intentional about these things, that uh, it's going to tend towards the opposite. It's going to tend away towards what the gospel is actually supposed to be doing and bringing us together. Yeah. Um, So anyway, that's that. Uh, Next comment. My Uncle Donald said his favorite performance was Prince uh, in the rain. And man, I concur. Prince was the man. Purple rain.
0: Somebody else, I feel like, commented on our thread here that it's somewhere still it was like still liked prince better or something like that. Yeah. He's the man. So he, yeah, whoever you are, he agrees with you.
1: And just a few more here. Steve Cox posted a meme that really spells it out and and I would agree wholeheartedly in that comment. Boomers need to chill. They yeah. absolutely need to chill. Well,
0: I feel like part of it like and I'm and I feel like a boomer sometimes when I use social media just because it's Same. it's it's out like it's out innovating me, like I'm stuck in a time frame mm. just like any of us, you know, right. we're used to things a certain way and I'm like gosh I'm so old like none of my teenagers in the youth group are on Facebook literally none it's like there's like two right. but they're not active like they just have it I think yeah but it's it's whatever um but you know I think that there's like a there's a gap between like you know what maybe culturally there's like culture to social media. Like, you have to work within that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you if you are. you know what Facebook
1: is. And you know what Instagram is. Right. And you know where TikTok lands. And if it's you're all not.
0: <laughs> oh, it was Mark. Mark said the thing about Prince. He said uh, uh, Prince's performance on the rain was incredible. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. Heck yeah, bro. Rock on. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, but the. I you think know, there's like a. You know the thing. The thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but older people—they just don't really know how to use social media, and so they may not trying to be—they may not try try to sound rude, but it comes across that way, yeah. you know. And I also think that like the way, you know, <laughs> the boomer generation speaks and and treats people at times—it's a uh, bad forum. It yeah, yeah it's a bad forum. It just doesn't mix well together. Yeah. Um, and if you're a boomer, like we don't, I'll uh <laughs> still take Snoop. Yeah <laughs> man. Um, oh, hey, he crushed What's up, it. Bubba? Um, but, you know, but the two things just and if you're a boomer, like we're not saying that you're like culturally illiterate, um, but we are saying that you should like delete your Facebook. Um, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and honestly, like if this is an issue, uh, just on this thread, if all you do is get into fights on social media. Hello? You probably shouldn't have it. Like yeah.
0: that's just kind of a. But like, you know.
1: where does that land you in the church? Like, I can't help but think like if you were members here at our church. Like, what are you doing in your business meetings? What are you doing in your areas of service? Yeah. Like, what is your perspective? If that's how narrow-minded you are in your scope, just in this in this issue, like, really work on understanding, and this is why churches are dying, right? Really work on understanding that you're going to need a 30-something-year-old to take that church over. You're going to need a 30-something-year-old that can actually get behind what you're saying. But here's the culture I come from. The 30-somethings and the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings, they have to pretend like they agree with everything that the gray hairs are doing mm-hmm. in order for them to hand it over and then they can slowly change. That's ridiculous. That's a horrible way to have succession yeah. in a ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, work together, have these hard conversations. Right. It has to be a multi generational yeah. effort for sure. And if it's not multi generational, then consider a change, consider shifting, consider that there may be tears to some of these issues and figure out what's most important yeah um, anyway what's a
0: tier one issue and music is not one yeah um <laughs> moving on hashtag change my mind yeah
1: what uh, else you got there? there's another comment about uh like honestly churches evangelicals with allowing pedophiles in their churches this literally came up in there and this was uh, i think a part of andrew's thread uh allowing pedophiles and judging like the hip-hop it was kind of the context of it yeah
0: i mean i think on a macro level you know there's some some merit to that i think there's a lot of Unfortunately, there's a lot of churches who are yeah. still feeling obligated to protect uh, pedophiles or movements,
1: not necessarily churches. Which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And we would condemn all of that. Yeah, and in ridiculous. our church, in our association of churches, we all do background checks. And we have a thing. Um, it's a it's an offshoot of what what's called a Caring Well initiative. But we have a thing that our association and convention is calling it Pathways. Um, and it is a active... Uh, system and active construct for those uh that are being abused and so um it is literally protecting the most vulnerable in churches yeah um, so that is something that we are a part of because we believe in protecting the most vulnerable yeah um, and i think that anyway you know uh who, who, whose comment was that it was off of andrew's, off thread, of andrew's thread and i think it there. was more too to the effect that I'll get involved more in church. I think off off my memory when churches take care of the least vulnerable and stop worrying about these issues. Yeah, well, I think it's a that's a cop out
0: to me, and that's the same thing when people are like, "Well, I'd come to your church, but, but churches are full of hypocrites." Right, and it's like, well, like that's a very blanket statement. Yeah, but you know, we get where you're at. <laughs> but the
1: you know the media and the news that have seen many of these stories come to light, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just that it's it's exposing these things that are happening in churches. And so I, we just wanted to clarify the fact that our church. Yeah, we're not that. We're not protecting no. any pedophiles. And, and we are actively pursuing against it. God forbid anything like that ever happen. Uh, in our church, our stance would be with the victim, would be with getting them the help that they need yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other guy, it's better than a millstone be hung around his <laughs> I neck. was going to say, into of the wood chipper you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, but not really. And then the last comment was Alex's, and, and really just to address it here, it was more about gospel impact. Um, to me, I think that's what you were... What you were getting at, I, I didn't quite understand um, the full background or, and that's where this is like difficult you know, when, when it's yeah. a comment thread but I just put the gospel impact is broader than the US. So it was the, I believe what you were posting was statistics in the US, maybe it was global, I'm not sure. No, I think it was US. I think it was okay. uh, the,
0: a 50% decline in those who would identify as Christians in, in the United States in the past 50 years yeah. I think, or, or maybe it may have been less. And I feel like some of that too like I think that we Like 50 years ago, the world was like people just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian because Mm. that was the culture. Right. Like people thought that's what they were because they were Americans who attended church. And that's not I think that, you know, that's just not the case anymore. People are just kind of more comfortable saying like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. And, you know, chances are those people and the people 50 years ago that said, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I would say that a lot of them probably have the same standing because both of them are a little, you know, like mm-hmm. one was conflated on one end and one, I think we're just willing to be a little bit more honest about our religious disposition
1: these days. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it is, you know, the things that we're talking about today. Yeah. It's got people just leaving out the back door that yeah. grew up in it, you know, and I, I know even from my own people that I went to school with, you know, uh, people that I went to Bible college with. It's like, where, where are yeah. they at? Well, they they weren't, ha- these issues weren't handled well. And at so all. they're, they're like, we're, well we're done, we're out. Um, but I'll say this, like many of much of that is just from a different, uh, it's from a small, uh, subculture of a culture. It's yeah. a real, real small, uh, part to the whole <laughs> Christianity is its own subculture. And exactly. then there's
0: subcultures and splinters yeah. within that. that kind of all do their
1: own thing. So and getting into our pool that we're currently in, it's a lot bigger than what I grew up in and. There's a lot more Christians and there's a lot more ministry happening that's a lot more diverse than what I
0: grew up with. A lot of different things are happening. A lot of different people are involved, different kinds of people, Mm -hmm. different people with different beliefs than us, which is fine.
1: Yeah. You know, it's good. So I would say that that's more of what I would say to you is uh, we're looking at the world, right? The world impact of, of the gospel. And um Sometimes it's easy for us to get narrow vision of what's happening in our body, you know, and in our church. And that's why it's important for us to get along and grow in unity um, so that we can come together. It's a two-edged sword. Number one, be involved in your local church because that helps the big C church. Um, but local churches need to get along with other churches, even in the
0: area. Yeah, it's important. We have to yeah. we have to cooperate and work together. And yeah. there's always going to be differences that make it easier for us to exist separately, sure. uh, have separate gatherings. But when we come together to serve, like it doesn't it doesn't have to be a fight over petty issues. Yeah. Um. And on you know, I feel like, it, I don't know, for some people, I think the the cultural decline in America, like, or is, is we would some, some would call it progress. Right. Some on the political left call it progress. Some on the political right would like, oh, America's going to hell in a handbasket now. And it's as if we tie the the culture in America to the success of churches in America. Mm. And I think that there's something to that. Yeah. You know, because the church is going to influence the overall culture. But like, I don't I I just don't think the historically that's never been the case. Historically, that's never been the case. The church was thriving in ancient Rome. The church is thriving now in China. And the the broader culture has ha, has no, you know, you wouldn't see that on the surface level. And I think that we get caught in this, you know, America is the, the last great nation. we got to preserve it. It's the church's job to keep America culturally on. And it's just the not. The Lord is not concerned. Yeah. The church and America are, what are not in America. interchangeable. Yeah. And, you know, people have conferences, God Save America conferences. If my people, which are called by my, my name, shall humble themselves in prayer. Well, guess what? America's not the covenant people of God. Right. We're just not done. Uh, The church is the church is God's covenant people. But there is not a there is not a a country that is that is a Christian nation. Right. And we like to say America is a Christian nation. Our government does not reflect those ideals. And a majority of our populace does not reflect those beliefs or ideals like we are not a Christian nation. And when Barack Obama said that, I don't know if it was 2008, 2010, uh, people, oh, how dare he say that? But he was right. Yeah. You know, We're not.
1: Well, and, um, and what we're not saying is is that we we don't want America to be a Christian nation. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> we
0: do want that, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, America is not,
1: and it do, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. And There's, I would even go as far as to say that, like, I think America,
0: our founding was, uh, it has more of an agnostic deistic feel to it than a Christian feel to it in a lot of ways. You oh, know? I don't know
1: about that, but
0: in a lot of ways, I'm not saying holistically that it wasn't a wasn't a a Christian thing or Christians didn't have anything to do with it. But I think that a lot of our literature is very, you know, very agnostic.
1: Well, I think my point would be like, if you look at what, who the founding fathers were and what their religious affiliations and backgrounds were, Mm -hmm. you know, we fight over much less of course today. Yeah. You know? And so if, if a founding father that believed in the Lord, well, then we find out that he was also aligned with this specific subset of Christianity or Protestant faith, you know? And, um, <laughs> you wouldn't get along with them. You right. Know? And and that's kind of my point is uh yes, it was a Christian nation, it founded as a Christian nation, so to speak, and uh, the Lord has used it and we'll continue to use it. But if it ceases to exist, the Lord is still gonna bring about his purposes. Right. He's still gonna this was a thing, the gospel was a thing before America was a nation. <laughs> long before America long was before. a nation. And it will be in existence long, long after. after it's gone. Yeah. And so <laughs> where where is our you know, where is our allegiance? Is it to the kingdom of God or is it to America as a nation? And I am an American citizen. I'm patriotic. I, you know, I enjoy all of those things. I would fight for our freedom. Right. Uh, But when pastors literally this American nationalism that is where they don't separate the two, uh, you know, it breeds unhealthy uh, viewpoints. It, It breeds all kinds of things that uh, to me, <laughs> it, the the end is not good, right? No, it's not. It I, isn't. And and there's more that we could say about that, but this is yeah. not this is not really that's a the broad time topic. Or the place. Yeah,
0: it's just I feel like the you know the concern for America versus the concern for the overall kingdom of God. They're not the same. Mm-mm. Not the same at all. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And that's why when we when we put um you know when we place American ideals and we say these are Christian beliefs, like these are non-negotiables, and it's like well, like. Not, not really mm. like not, not for everybody. It's not, yeah. you know, and if it's <laughs>
1: uh, just, anyway. pic, just picture yourself in a room full of people from all over the world. Right? Yeah. What would unify us? Jesus. And, right. I, and I mean, specifically the church Christians, you know, we wouldn't be talking about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We would yeah. be talking about how the Lord gave them victory, like that book you were reading about, you know, the Muslims coming to know Jesus. Oh,
0: yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, the gospel working despite the, um, you know, the efforts of a government to prevent it from working. Yeah. And that's in, I would say, a majority of countries. That's is, right. That's
1: the case. Yeah. Um, but it's not because <laughs> we have to look through the lens of, of the gospel and have a gospel-centered worldview, not our nation-centered worldview. Yeah. Um, and, and that will produce good outreach on so many levels. It will produce perspective. It will produce something that will transcend culture, which is what we're talking about, which right. is what we're trying to achieve. Uh, and clearly there are those that uh, they're not allowing the gospel to transcend. Even they literally it's not even transcending their taste in music. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's it very is. unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very sad. So anyway, um, this yeah. was uh, this
0: was the answer well, wait, to that wait, wait, post. We got we got one more thing. We got one more thing.
1: Do we? Are you sure?
0: Yeah. Well, we didn't address any of the scriptures that were taken out of context. Oh, go for it. Yeah. So a couple of you had commented, and there's like this whole like uh, there's this quarrel or debate or whatever you want to you want to talk about uh, with just how people how we judging? should be pe- the... people judging okay. people how how you judge somebody for enjoying the Super Bowl halftime show or you're or judging the person who's performing, and then there's. You know, you feeling like you have the authority to do that, and then on the other end of the spectrum, people are like, "Well, no, we shouldn't judge at all. Nobody has the authority to judge because we're not perfect, right?" And I think there there's somewhere in the middle there's there's some truth to that. Um, but I I wrote down a couple of the scriptures that were that were cherry picked, and I look, I just have to say, like some of y'all these were who, cited in the these in were the cited comments. in the comments literally. So, yeah, I'm not, like, these are not, like, I didn't Google, like, verses for, you know, whether you should or should not judge. No. These were just pulled from this specific thread. Yeah, they were put in the thread. They were put in the thread. I can't remember. It was probably a mix of, of people. Um, but there were two specifically that I looked at, and I was like, wow. Like, that was taken so out of context. And then the same person was like, you know, well, if you believe this, then you, you're taking Scripture out of context. And I'm like, no, you're taking Scripture out of context. So let's, let's look at it here. So the first one was uh, first, first Corinthians uh, chapter 6, where uh, the, the heading in the NASB, uh, which is the version that I read, if you're a KJV-onlyist, I'm really sorry, that's just not me. Um, <laughs> uh, but Paul says this, he says, does any of you... want a he, different discussion for a different Different time. discussion for a different day. Uh, Paul says, when he has a case to, against his neighbor, dare to go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? You should judge people, right? Uh, If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? And then Paul goes on to say, do you not know that we will judge angels, which there's a lot there too? How much more matters of this life? And so he's, you know, and so this was used to say like, well, believers should judge because, uh, and I'm just drawing implications of myself of what I would look at this if it was just by itself. Uh, But we have a right to judge 50 cent for having those women twerk because, you know, believers are, you know, we'll judge the world, you know, so we should have righteous judgment. And that's not okay. And uh, what was funny, and this was in your series that you preached on. We were just talking about it before we went live. But uh, (laughs) Paul says there were no chapter divisions in, in Paul's letter. They've been placed there. So a couple sentences prior, Paul says this. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. Dramatic pause. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with the idolaters for then you would have to go out of the world. <laughs> Paul's like what I wasn't talking about is disassociating with the wicked people around you because guess what that would be dumb. You wouldn't be in the world anymore because that's what they all are. Yeah. And so, you know, literally a preceding context is king people. And I'm not a genius. Neither one of us are. No. Uh, we're just trying to be faithful to the word here. Uh, but some of you guys that post verses on things, and what I, and, and this is just a practical thing for me. I try not to... I believe this because of this verse. Like Verses do not deserve to be ripped from their families, right? They deserve to stay where they are in their own context, and we draw a principle from Scripture. Not that you should never cite Scripture for things. That's not what I'm saying. But we tend to always isolate verses and yeah. we make it mean something that it doesn't mean just like this. And so meta narrative is a thing, right? The whole of scripture tells a story and it tells of ideals, right? It's not a rule book or a manual. Um, but this is a prime example of what it looks like when you take a verse out of context and make it say something that it doesn't mean. Yeah. Like Paul literally says the exact opposite of what we would take that to mean out of context, right. like five verses before. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. Um, so why are we freaking out about immoral people being immoral? Yeah. Why are we surprised? Like the, and, and I think this is where like the American exceptionalism thing gets into play. Like We feel like our culture should be better than this because we're Americans. And when people don't meet our biblical standards, like we're like, oh, this isn't America. Guess what? It's the world. It's the world's culture. Yeah. He was not performing in a church.
1: No. And, and that's what Paul is saying. Like All of this is about your in-church communities. That's right. Instead of saying, what we need is this perfect insulated bubble, and then we're going to go out of that perfect insulated bubble to win and talk to the world, and then we're going to come back and talk about them. Right. That's not how it works.
0: Not how it works. And not at all. And if you're a
1: part of one of those insulated bubbles that trash talks the world and then comes back to insulated bubble and says, man, I'm glad I'm not like the way I used to be. Yeah. You're missing the point. You're missing the boat. You're completely missing the point. We have to have something that is transcendent that goes into the culture and permeates and allows the culture to come to Jesus. I, re- I think of them. The Mark Hall song just came, came to, to mind. "The world is on their way to you, Jesus, but they're tripping over me." And that's because we do stuff like this. That's just Paul is, is literally saying, "I'm not talking about ju- I'm not talking about judging the unsaved world. Like it's literally like you're taking that scripture. Uh, and you're doing the opposite. You're beating people over the head with something that it does not mean. Right. Yeah. it's so, ridiculous. Anyway,
0: so if you do that, just know that just you're doing stop. scripture a very, very big disservice, yeah, and you stop. should stop. Um, please watch a Bible Project video. It'll help a lot. Um, <laughs> the second one
1: here, this one is good too. That's what we have to do because um, we're not seminarians, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're just blue-collar people. Yeah, that like to read. We're the Bible. just trying to be faithful, and That's we don't.
0: It. We try to approach Scripture without a cultural bend, which is very difficult it to do. It's difficult. a learned art for sure. Um, the second one, so this comes from John chapter seven. Here is the the verse that is taken out of context. So this is John seven uh, verse twenty-four. Jesus says this. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge uh, with righteous judgment. And that was slapped on, and the implications there are like, well, don't judge somebody by how they appear, but you should judge with righteous judgment. Right? Is kind of how that that is taken, and we're like, see, we should judge people. The Bible says a wise man judgeth all things. I think it's Proverbs that says that. Yeah, um, somewhere in there. Yeah, but and I think and we were talking about this, Jamie. Too. Jamie, can you look that Jamie, up? Jamie, pull that scripture real quick. <laughs> if <laughs> we were on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, oh, wait, that guy's getting canceled. Just kidding. Um, we're not him. Don't cancel us. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Had to, um, had to throw that in there. Right. But we, we, we think about these things, and I think part of it is that the English word judgment is so loaded, um, and I haven't done any research into the Greek or the Hebrew texts here uh, on that word specifically, um, but I'm assuming that it, it may not have as wide of a range uh, where it comes from. I don't know. Um, but it for sure, I think at times does not mean what we think it means when we say, Oh, you're judging somebody. Think about all of the ways that you could use the word judge. There's my mini fridge turning on dimming the lights. (laughs) Um, but think about all the ways that you would use that. And then all of the different meanings that you could slap onto a verse based on how you would interpret a word. Mm -hmm. And that's like bad Bible study. Good Um, but anyway, but you know, Jesus, what Jesus is not saying is what we think that he's saying here. So let's give some context here. A couple verses before so just to give you some overall context jesus uh his disciples asked him to come to a feast and he was like nah guys i'm not coming you guys go ahead you know you head up there and then he ends up coming later and he's like teaching there and the pharisees are like what, are, what is he doing here you know he's you know he's teaching people during the feast and they have this discussion and um what did they say the jews were astonished saying how has this man become learned having never been educated And so Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. And if anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. And then he said, He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. And I think that's what a lot of these people who were commenting were doing. Uh, But he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And then he says this. This is kind of where we get into where where that verse falls. Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you carries out the law. Why do you seek to kill me? And the crowd answered, "You have a demon who seeks to kill you." Um, you know, like you're crazy. Do you have some sort of spirit in you? Nobody wants to kill you. And Jesus answered them, "I did one deed, and you all marvel. For this reason, Moses has given you a circumcision, not because it is from Moses, but from the fathers, because this was it was an Abraham thing. Uh, and on the Sabbath, you circumcise a man. He's like, listen." You sometimes do things on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. You're trying to kill me for healing a person on the Sabbath, but you, you know, you you do the I'm not going to go into detail of what that is, but you do the circumcision sometimes on the Sabbath to keep the law. You're breaking a law to keep a law. And then he says, do not judge, right? According to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Reading that whole passage. How in the world does that apply Mm. to what we're talking about?
1: Read the verse before it. The verse before it says
0: 23. Oh, I forgot to read twenty-three. I'm sorry. I'm doing what I shouldn't do. Which is the point? Which is the point? If a man not what you're doing, but it's what you just said. Right, right, right. Just, uh, if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses will not be broken, you're breaking a law to fulfill a law. Right? Are you angry with me because I made an entire man well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. We cherry pick verse number twenty-four, right, and we say. Don't judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Don't judge people by based on how they look or where they come from, but you should judge with righteous judgment.
1: And that's just not no. It's not at all what Jesus is saying. Not at all. And and I think you can even draw a broader implication into what we're talking about with the fact that they had a legal construct. They had they had a rule system that they were following that they were okay with, and when something was done outside of that rule system, then they pointed the finger. And Jesus is like, it's about what was done that was good, not the rule system, right? Yeah. Y- I, agree. Are, I know you're reading yeah. comments. Sorry, I'm reading comments. But it's yeah. for me, it's like in this talk in, to the camera. <laughs> in this regard <laughs> just, 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 uh, Talk
0: to whoever whoever you want.
1: Yeah, in, in this regard, it's like we're saying, you know, yeah, you should you should judge. You should judge righteously. What you're doing is you're taking your list of rules that you think are righteous and you're imposing them into the culture. And Jesus is saying, I literally broke one of those rules to do what was actually righteous, to do what the father sent me to do. And the the religious crowd didn't like it because it didn't fit into their construct. I did a good thing that didn't fit in. Paul, I'm telling Titus not to get circumcised so that he can go reach people. So, like, we we have to lower our weapons and we have to lower our defenses. Paul, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting, lower your weapons, lower your defenses, and learn to go out into the culture and do the good things that the Lord has called us to do. Right, aside from your cultural constructs within your religious rules and your religious systems. Yeah. Like the thing that you were judging on is inaccurate, Jesus is saying. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we do the opposite. And and that's very much taken out of context in the in the way that it's abused, it's really abused. You would actually, if you're using that to define your your cultural construct within your small church and, and in the way your subgroup of a group. Uh, of the way you do church, chances are you're beating someone over the head with your righteousness. Yep. And and Jesus would be like, hey, don't do that. Right. And that's the opposite of what we're using that verse for. So, yeah. anyway.
0: Yeah. But I think there's a, uh, Alex put a, is a long comment on here. Do you mean to read uh, it? Uh, well, I can, I can read it. I think, I don't know how long he put it on there ago. Uh, but he said, the Great Commission is to reach out and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Yes. That's our job. Hard to do that when you avoid sinners. I was a very sorry heathen. There's that KJV language right there of heathens. It. Uh only a year ago, but was brought to the Lord because good, godly people told me that I was what I was that what I was doing was wrong and yeah. to not drown myself in awful music and to stay away from the sorry crowds. Because of that, the church grew. Without me being gently, quote, judged righteously, yeah. I would have kept living my sorry heathen lifestyle had I not been judged who knows how much my bad behavior would have negatively contributed to culture and who knows how many I would have taken down with me.
1: So that's pretty loaded. And again, I think with that, like the the term judge is very broad. Well, I think what we're saying and what we're, some of the things that we're not saying and what we are saying, right. Part of that is he sees someone stepped in and helped to lead him to this place where he, where he saw some of the things, Right. What we're not debating here are the tier one issues of like confession and repentance that need to happen for salvation. Yeah. But what we're saying is, in in terms of being in alignment with the Apostle Paul, is the world is going to do what the world is going to do. right? right? And so we
0: can't be mad at the world for doing
1: what we exactly what we would expect them to do, which is what you were doing. Yeah. Right. Before you were saved, which is what essentially I was doing before I was saved, what I was doing. Right. Um, But there's there's things at play. Right. There's the Holy Ghost. Right. Drawing people in. And no matter what you're I mean, this could be a whole nother debate. Yeah. uh, in, In and of itself. But the point is, the Lord's doing a work, a salvation work for everyone. And what we're not saying is go out and sin. Right. God forbid. Paul said, don't use grace as an excuse to sin. We are saying, live righteously, do what, do what the Lord's called you to do and, and my point in the beginning was, hey, my wife and I made a decision to fast forward a part of this a part of the show because it was inappropriate right. for for the audience Would that I was have there. let Ruby watch it no, she's two so she won't yeah. understand um, So we all make our decisions, but it's how we go about living in that as Christians really affects whether or not we're able to influence people yeah whether or not we're able to get into the culture and say, hey, I love you hey I might I, I put it this way, and this kind of sums up how I would approach your your comment Alex uh, I think I say it this way if I could get it right on 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 live but i i accept i think it's um I can accept everyone right without approving of of yeah. their lifestyle I literally anyone and everyone is welcome in our church on on during worship Sunday morning we turn no one away right it it is literally everyone is accepted, but I don't have to approve of your lifestyle. You know, if one of my children decides to, uh, you know, go a different direction, right. I'll accept them. I'll love them. I'll always care for them, even though I might not always approve of their lifestyle. You know, we're not necessarily getting into the semantics of what we're approving and disapproving. Yeah. Um, it's really just, this this whole thing. and I think it's
0: important too with what you're saying like context dictates these conversations and right. context dictates how we respond. If yeah. I were to meet somebody and tell them about Jesus, which happens, um, you know, I wouldn't say, "Well, you know, Jesus came so you'd stop being this rotten person and ruining the culture." Like that's not that's not what the gospel is. The gospel didn't come so we could stop doing bad things. The gospel came so we could be made into new people right you know it's not a it's which not will a, in turn produce that which will in turn produce right. that but i think sometimes we put the cart before the horse
1: 100 percent.
0: and you know but the <laughs> but all of these things are, are secondary like you know right trash music like the at the end result like i tried listening to music that i didn't like because i felt like that was the right thing to do and it just didn't stick yeah. you know like that's but that's not something i feel like for me at this point that i need to grow out of to a certain degree there are there are some songs that maybe I used to like that I don't like anymore because it just kind of, it rubs me the wrong way. Like, yeah. that's not really what I, like, my heart doesn't like that or uh, the mood of it. Like, because that yeah. grieves me where I'm at as a believer. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, just abstaining from music just because is different than saying, like, I, I just, you know, like, I really just don't, I don't care for that anymore right. because of how I feel about other things. And it's genuine.
1: It comes from the inside out. Right. You know, to kind of go with what we're talking about. And there's um, a lot of things in my sanctification that are driven that way. Right. And right. not everybody. Not from legalism. Right. right. Not from that place of it's a rule, so this is how we're going to do it. Right. Uh, but from It's the a heart. conscience.
0: It's a spirit-driven yeah. conscience right. issue. And guess what? We're all in a different place. That's right. Uh, and we're all going to the, – the destination for all of us is the same. Right? We're all going to be – We will all be glorified, deified, whatever word you want to be used, and we won't have to struggle with sin anymore. Right. Uh, But all of us, when we met Jesus, were in a different place, and that means that our journey starts and ends at different times. Yeah. Um, And some people, you know, some people these days, you know, in the times that we live in, they may meet Jesus as a gay person. And my first conversation with them wouldn't, you know, introducing them to Jesus wouldn't be like, hey, you need to stop being gay now. You know? Yeah. That's not what I would say. No. I think that that's part of sanctification, but it's not, you know, that's not the thing. Like... Jesus is not going to save them so they'll stop being gay. He's going to save them because he loves them. Loves who they are. He loves who they are. As a person. Right, exactly. Regardless. And as they grow in their faith, you know, maybe they will shed that. Well, and, you know. And but that's that's between them and the Lord. That's between them yeah. and the Lord. We're not. And there are a lot of people that, you know, that are, would say, like, no, somebody who's homosexual, like, they can't accept Jesus because that's, you know. And I, I've heard that and it's ridiculous. Yeah. um but the bottom line here is with all of these things what we're not saying is that you know we should ignore bad behavior uh or that we should you yeah. know condone things it's not what we're saying uh, but we are saying that all of these things have a context that they fit into and when we handle them we should the bethlehem creed right we lead with love yeah uh you know we go hard in the pain we we know our enemy and y- there's others, too, that I can't think <laughs> of on the fly right now. Uh, but all of these things, the way that we do life, like they, right. <laughs> the three out of the five points that I know, um, and I work here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, you're not doing a good job teaching these in starting point because I don't know the, the, the Creed points. I do, actually. But anyway, um, but all of these things, like how we deal with people matters. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, is anybody going to come to Jesus because you criticized the halftime show on social media, and I'm not talking to you, Alex. I'm just talking yeah, in general. No. Like these are very practical things. Like if the
1: gospel is at the center of what we do, then let's think about it. Like, will anybody? And I felt like Alex was was not like. I mean, he wasn't on there bashing it. No, not, not at, at all. all. That's not how we're taking yeah. it at all. Don't
0: feel that way. No, uh, I love you, and thank you for giving me my righteous traps back. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, but um, you know, but we have to look at we have to look at what we're doing and. And, yeah. and everything through that lens of like, will, will this aid in helping somebody be reached with the gospel or does this take away? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so just think about these things before you, uh, you know, choose to be nasty on somebody's Facebook post. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't expect that a whole podcast gets made about you if you're nasty on somebody's
1: Facebook post. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> We're it was doing fun it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's no. been real. Yeah. This, this, this was great. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah. Just to put a final, a final bow on, on this podcast. Uh, in this episode, what we're doing here at our church is uh, for our community. And we're really trying to, like, be real and reach folks and love folks where they are. Uh, come as you are. That is, that is like, a, a definition or a value of our church. Uh, you'll find that in our creed, not in those words, but that sentiment is definitely something that we share. Um, and we want people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different uh, people that are in all different places and, um, we're not going to all agree. We're not going to all align on every one of these things and it's okay. And we all can align around the message of the gospel, no matter where we land on these other issues. And so, uh, sometimes it's necessary and I don't do this a lot. I don't think I've ever done this as far as like, uh, you know, answering or calling out about a post. I mean, I don't know that I've had a post that's ever, had that type of traffic on it. Um, maybe I have, not that I'm, not that I'm aware of. Um, but look at us, first time something goes viral, let's make a podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, think, I think for me, um, people talk about witnessing and, and what's the end goal and all this. Like I legitimately talk to people about Jesus all the time. Like my, I don't have just a post on Facebook or just an argument. Like last week, my wife and I led a couple to Christ at our kitchen table. Mm -hmm. Like witnessing face to face with folks. I preach a 45, probably a 45 minute message and a 30 minute podcast every week. I'm putting a gospel witness out into the world, right? People who I meet with, like I practice what I preach. And um, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. And that doesn't mean that I won't make mistakes. Um, But it does mean that the majority of my content is centered around the gospel, Uh, And I do that for for a specific reason because I believe in it. I believe that the gospel is the answer for the division in our culture, for the division in our nation, for the division in the world. And the world is using, uh, the Lord is using the message of the gospel to bring the church to himself. And that's the message I want to continue to propagate. And if you are listening and if this rubbed you the wrong way, Uh, all, all this is designed to do is to love you where you are. And some of you, you're in a legalistic position and maybe I can love you more towards the, the, the center. Right. Uh, and maybe you're out in left field somewhere, uh, and you're far from the Lord and you feel that you've been judged by Christians or that you have been, uh, marginalized by the church. Like I'm here to tell you that the Lord loves you, right? The Lord cares for you and he has a place for you. He has a seat at the table. And in in our church, we physically have a seat for you. We physically want you there. There are people that I invite on the regular that are friends of mine uh, that if you saw them, if you knew them, you would probably think, why am I inviting people like that to my church? It's because I love them and I have a relationship with them um, and I believe in them and I believe that the Lord loves them and died for them and cares for them. Um, and so whatever spectrum you're in, maybe you needed a little rebuke today and maybe you needed a little love. Whoever you are, know that the gospel is for you. Jesus is for you. We say it this way at our church, simply Jesus. Uh, and we, we absolutely believe that. That's the tier one issue in our church. And so uh, I hope that you'll come to church. I hope that you'll come to our church, find a church wherever you are to get involved and get plugged in. It's messy. It's not perfect. It's hard. It's difficult. It's not easy but it's worth it. Yeah. It's absolutely worth it. Big facts, my guy. Yep. I love all of you. God bless you. And if you're in our church, I better see you tonight at 6:30 for Bible study, yep. right? Right here at the church. At the church at 6:30 at the the cuz we don't live stream on Wednesdays. Hey, can you play that intro again? That fun one? Oh. Can you can you uh yeah. play us out with that one? I love yeah, that let's thing. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Here we go. God bless do less. <laughs>